This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, of course, is the absolutely fantastic Jojo. Hello! Jojo in other house. <laughs> Hello, Graham. How are you? Jojo, we are back uh, after a surprisingly long... Was it long? It wasn't long, man. We weren't gone for too long, was it? Like, we just missed yeah, last just week. We, we just missed last week, yep. Okay, so we missed last but week. But I feel like I haven't seen you in ages, so I 400 know. ages. <laughs> it's been... T- it's been way too long. <laughs> yeah, I know, because like last time we connected, I was in Amsterdam, and yes, I mean we didn't even do a video version of that. We, we just connected just for the for just so we could record, but there was no video podcast for that episode, and I felt like you know we did this episode, it almost against all odds. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> so many things happened. And just to make the, the the story short, right? Like I stayed up all night long in Amsterdam in order oh for this episode to be posted. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong went with wrong. that episode. Oh, God. Uh, starting with the volume. Uh, I was using this these, uh, USB microphone that I purchased precisely for this trip. And... No matter what I did, I could I couldn't get the volume to to be any higher. So I had to do every correction to the volume in post. <laughs> it was it was a fucking mess. So 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 listeners, basically, you really need to appreciate last last uh, the last episode we did because Graham was, nearly killed himself to get it out. Judge, it so, was a mess. <laughs> and so if you see this episode, the episode of, what was it about? Uh, Windfall. The episode Windfall. of Windfall, if you notice, it only has the, the podcast logo. It doesn't have a, a singular artwork to it. That's because I couldn't make it. And I was like, you know what? If the episode comes out like that, let it just stay that way. I'm not going to worry about that. But so last week, Scott came back home Saturday last week and hadn't watched anything that was worth discussing. So Jojo and I decided, let's just skip an, skip an episode anyway, because we were planning on, skip, on skipping an episode. And here we are. We're here today. Yes. Right? <laughs> we are back. We're back. We are and back. we're back. And so Jojo, <laughs> before we go into anything else, I have to ask you, well, hold on, hold on. You know what's coming, right? Boom. What did you know watch last week, Jojo? What did you watch last week? What did I watch last week? You know, I tell myself every week, I'm like, oh, get ready for this. And then something happens with the lights or me setting up the mic. And I'm like, oh, crap. I forgot to remember what I watched last week. (laughs) Oh, boy. So I, I I don't actually remember what I watched last week. I don't think it, I actually watched anything worth talking about at all, well, to be honest. In that case, I have plenty. I I, what, what? I did watch. I watched a YouTube channel. That was about it. There's a YouTube channel I watched that I enjoy called uh-huh. Fascinating uh-huh. Horror, and uh, they show it's like miniature documentaries of 
natural disasters or man-made disasters that have happened around the world. It's extremely depressing, but it's a very well done YouTube channel. And the little documentaries are very informative and interesting. So that's all I watched was, that's the only thing I can mention that was worth anything. Yeah. YouTube channel, huh? Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. In my defense, I've been yeah, sick. Yeah, no, so. I mean, there's that, you know. But hey, I mean, you watched something. It's not like you didn't watch anything. You had something to talk about. You know, <laughs> what, what's the channel called? It's called Fascinating Horror. Yeah, it's just a little, little, I think he's British. A little British cool. YouTube channel. He's got like, I don't know, 12 subscribers nice. or something. But yeah. All right. Well, okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> if you are listening to us and you'd like to check out Fascinating Horror on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. That that's it, because you know yeah. we yeah. Uh, ourselves we've been we've been quite blessed lately with with our YouTube channel in, in the sense that you know people are subscribing and we've had we've had a boom, Jojo. We ha we've had a boom, you know. Yeah, it's awesome. You, it's good stuff. If yeah, Shout if you are if you listen to this podcast and you would like to know what exactly do they do with the YouTube channel. You know, we shorten the podcast episodes to about 12 minutes. It's a very well-compounded resume of, of, of our podcast. But at the same time, we put out some short videos about what to watch and what's coming next, next month, and you should check it out. And when you check it out, go ahead and subscribe yeah. too. That's it. Any. That's right. All right. Yeah, As for me, Jojo, right. here's the thing. I've been watching pretty much everything. The first thing I can tell you is that I started watching the Slow Horses on Apple TV Plus. And I've been wondering about that. Is is that good? I've heard like wildly different things. Like either it's the best thing ever or it's the worst thing ever. This show is really good. But it's for a particular taste. Awesome. So, so here's the thing: if you Got were it. expecting like full on spy, blah blah, it, it, it's not. It's not MI five. You know what I mean? It's not the you know the old version of MI five. This is rather a a team that is literally the doghouse for MI five members who's who fucked up and. Okay. And Gary Oldman is the the chief of that of that team, and he is more preoccupied in making those agents' lives miserable than anything else. He he himself is a miserable fuck. He's an asshole par excellence, and he knows that. And but like he takes very seriously the job of really really making the lives of those agents miserable. It just so happens that there always there's always this one guy that is like a dog with a bone. And things start to get interesting because, you know, they this particular guy didn't just wanna deal with the mundane little cases that they were throwing on their labs just to fuck with them. So he found a conspiracy and started looking into it. And all of a sudden, now that the team is involved, so they had to deal with it. And, and now, you know, things are getting interesting. It's only been three episodes, but it, it's fantastic stuff. I loved it. It's a, it's, it's a shame that Apple TV Plus has fallen into this whole, 
let's do a weekly thing thing you know like i, I don't know why those streaming yeah. streaming channels uh, even even uh, prime video is doing that and i i'm, I'm tired of it man yes fucking be netflix be be like netflix yes. seriously yeah yeah and even netflix they're kind of doing it too in that they're splitting yeah. series yeah. in half so you get you get you get half the series and all at once which is nice but then you got to wait a couple of months for the next yeah. half it's like what? yeah oh, Why? oh so it's 12 episodes let's give you five on the first half and then we'll give you the other like look man stop with this bullshit do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm a yeah. grown up. Give it to me. Yeah, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but exactly. Apple TV Plus, to their defense, they've always done that. They, yes, they, they, they have. never gave you the impression that they were going to be like a, yo, binge watch this entire series type of people. They always did the week after yeah. week after week after week. I think it's more cumbersome for us as binge watchers to see other streaming channels like Prime Video. You know, starting to do that because it's annoying. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Like if 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 Amazon had started out that way, it wouldn't be as irritating. But now they're like, oh, we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna follow this other format thing. We're gonna change it up. It's like, no, I thought of you as a binge platform. So now I don't know what to think of you as. <laughs> annoying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it does. It's it kind of annoying. But yeah, so so The Slow Horses is a really good show. I've also, as soon as I came back to America, I started to watch Moon Knight. And I don't know why I didn't want to watch it while I was away. I, I thought, you know, I had better things to do. And to be honest with you, Moon Knight, it's a good series, but it's, it's, it's moving at, at such a slow pace that it's starting to bore the fuck out of me. So I don't I don't know if mm. you if it's a bad thing to say about a Marvel series, <laughs> you know. But uh, I'm like, yo, come on, come off it. Let's let's get this done. You know, the third episode was I watched last night uh, on Friday. It was good. It was better than the first two episodes, but there's still too much talking and. Like, you still don't see the direction of the show. It's weird. That's all I can say. It's weird. Yeah, that one's... I, I was going to start it this week, and then I didn't. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I should watch I should watch that. But, yeah, I haven't heard people be as enthusiastic about this one as, say, WandaVision, just as an example. It's just been kind of... There, I guess, is the best way to I describe it. I think it's weird it. because, like, they are kind of like using the Loki formula, which is a very dialogue-heavy, background story-heavy type of series. But for some reason, it worked with Loki. And the reason it, it worked with Loki is because we already knew Loki. We just didn't know a lot more about Loki. So right. so now it's, right. it's it's sort of like a good idea to realize to to finally find out why Loki was such an asshole as a, uh, of of a brother to Thor. So if we understand that, we'll come to peace to you know to understanding Loki better. Moon Knight, on the other hand, they're trying to give you all the facets at the same time, and I'm like, I'm not 
emotionally invested in this dude enough for you to be giving me all this background story about him. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get it. I understand. Because like I've, you know, I I'm I have read very few comics, so I was not familiar with the character at all. So I'm sure that there's some folks that are super excited to see this being told on television because they are familiar with the character of Moon Knight. But I, I think that the average person is, I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like you said, like with Loki, we were like, okay, we know who this is. We're, we're familiar with Tom Hiddleston and his performance of this character. And, you know, we, we kind of like him and we kind of hate him and, you know, that's, but it, it was good to know yep. about his background. But yeah, if it's somebody that we don't know anything about, it's kind of yeah, like, yeah, why yeah, do yeah, I just, care? Just, just move on, man. <laughs> I'm not saying that you guys yeah. <laughs> shouldn't watch this show. By the way, it's you know, right. if you have Apple, right. if you have Disney Plus, and go ahead and watch it. I mean, and Oscar Isaac is really, really good on this. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I I see where it's going, but it hasn't gotten there yet in three episodes, and I'm kind of getting impatient. That's it. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. So. Shall we move on now, Jojo, to what this episode is about? And here's the thing. I am yeah. really, really impressed with the movie we are going to discuss today. We are discussing all the old yeah. knives. And this is a movie that I didn't know what to make of it when... It, I got interested in it, actually, when I was editing our what's streaming in April video, Jojo. And, you know, the way you frame the whole thing with your voiceover. And I was like, this sounds interesting, and I'm going to watch it as soon as it comes out, you know. And, dude, I have yeah. to say, this movie is... This movie is really, really something. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's actually, for me, it's a cinema movie. It should have come out on cinema. I agree with you. Yeah, I completely agree yeah. with you. So, Jojo, all the old knives. Uh, <laughs> what 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 can you tell? What can you tell us about this one? So this is it's built as a spy thriller, and it is based on based on a book and uh, a book of the same name, I do believe. But what it is, it's it's about a terrorist hijacking that happened in 2012 of an airplane by a terrorist organization. It happened uh, in Europe. The United States had a, a set of, of intelligence agents in Europe, and uh, now it's it's eight years past the event, and they have discovered that someone in that team uh, leaked information to the, the bad guys, essentially. They were a mole, and uh, they need to find out who this person is, and... Uh, close the case on what exactly happened with this flight. Flight is, uh, I think it's one, 127. I keep, I think yes. it a lot by number. Like one, 127 happened. That was before 127. That was after 127. So that Chris Pine plays a character pulled in, who was a part of the original team, but he's pulled in by his current boss, Lawrence Fishburne, played by Lawrence Fishburne. Name is Vic, who, uh, says, uh, you know, we need to find out how this mole, who this mole is. And I think you're the best person to find out who it is and essentially sends him out after what's left of the team. And this story is about 
his interaction with who you, I guess you, you could consider the last member of the team, uh, Celia, which they do have a, a history and what happens when they come together and he sort of interrogates her about what happened. Yes, that's uh, pretty much, pretty much. Jonathan Price and Tandy Newton are the interrogees <laughs> and, uh, Yes. I think the rest of the story needs needs to be seen because this is this is a fine 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 piece of movie and now that you say that there's a book about it I want to read that book. I do too. I do too. Like I I was I was like I really want to see I I I want to read this for myself. I want to see the differences and that kind of thing cuz it this is I, I enjoyed this movie very much, and I enjoyed the fact that it's it's yes. a grown up movie. <laughs> it's not it's a it's an adult movie, and by that I don't mean it's rated X or anything. But it's it's made it's made for grown ups, and it's it's about grown up problems and grown up decisions, and it's it's I, I like that about it. I don't feel like we don't get a whole lot of that lately. Yes, in cinema. this is like a, a a movie festival type of of, of film, in the sense that. This would be one of those movies like winning all kinds of like Palm Door and stuff like that, and no one knows anything about it. Yeah. it. Meanwhile, the critics love it and love it and love it and love it. So for me, what I see in this movie is one, somebody, whoever adapted this movie, understood the plight of writers when their stuff is adapted to movies. And decided, I'm going to respect the work of this writer, of this novelist. And I'm going to do my best to translate his book into a film where there is almost no great gap between the two things. Am I, am I wrong here, Judge? It's really funny that you say that because the screenwriter is the person who wrote the novel. Okay. <laughs> then, <laughs> so you caught it 100%. 100%. Because the thing is that everything happened like if it were a book. Do you know what I mean? This was yeah. about the dialogue. Yeah. This was about nuance. This was about every, every detail that a book would describe. The problem is, or not the problem, the beautiful thing is that the film <coughs> presents that to you masterfully. Any other format would be boring as hell. But this mm -hmm. movie keeps you in, and it, is, it gives you the feeling of reading a spy novel. Not watching a spy, a spy movie, but reading a spy novel, isn't it? I, 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 I agree with you. I think that's a great... That's a great comparison, and I, I don't, I didn't think of that at all. But when you're saying that, that completely makes sense to me. That's 100 percent the feeling of reading a really good, a really yeah, good spy and book. So let's talk about the two main characters here: character of Henry Pelham, played by Chris Pine, and uh, Celia Harrison, played by Tandiwe Newton. Chris Pine has everything that it takes to be a proper spy. Like what we imagine a, a proper spy would, would be. He's got like a, some sort of streetwise to him, yet some sort of like vague elegance. 
a dude that looks like he could kick your ass, but at the same time he could, you know, sit with a board of directors and 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 hash it out. So the casting of Chris Pine for this one is absolutely fantastic. And by the way, you you've I'm sure you've heard of the 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 Chris's uh, paradigm. <laughs> 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 Enlighten me. Enlighten me. See if it's what There's I've, if this I might have heard. whole thing about all the actors whose first names are Chris and who's <laughs> the most has the most punchable face, who's the most likable, who's the most douchebag. <laughs> it, there's an entire uh, uh, Twitter section dedicated uh, to that. And the thing is that I, I'm I'm always unsure as to where Chris Pine stands in that group, but uh -huh. you know I know that what's the the Chris that was in the Avenger, uh, Chris Evans. No, 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 no. The one the the, the other the one that was with the the Saviors of the Galaxy or something like that, like the one with the with the raccoon. Oh crap! What is his last name? Yeah, I know the one you mean. Uh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. What the heck is his name? Um, I mean, I know it's Chris Pratt. Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. So, so I think like some people think that he is the most annoying one, like <laughs> like the most punchable one or whatever. And then you know, there's there's another Chris and another Chris. I can't remember all of them right now, but it's it's. There's a whole thing going on with the Chris's and with Chris Pine. <laughs> I never know where he stands. I don't know if people like him enough or he if he's the douchebag one in the group or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like when I was watching this, because I always think of like the the three Chris's, because I think of Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, whose last name I couldn't remember, and Chris Pine. I I I, I always forget the Chris Pine and Chris Pratt's last names for whatever reason. And I was like, you know, of all of those three, I never would have thought when this started, like with Parks and Rec, that Chris Pratt would be the one that would turn out to be the most punchable. <laughs> I know. Because he, he always seemed like like the, the lovable, goofy guy, you know? And now it's like, oh, God, just go away. <laughs> yeah. I think he's oversaturated himself is what I think happened. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think I think he's, he's, he's getting like, so if there's a measurement to an uh, annoying actor, I would like to officially name that measurement a Chalamet. <laughs> it's like three Chalamet of annoying. That's the degree. <laughs> How many Chalamet uh, do we assume do we assign to to his annoyance? <laughs> you know, Chala I'm gonna go with a Chalamet. I, I think he's I about like three Chalamet. Of annoying, um, like and so uh, Tanya Newton here does she does it all in terms of like she is the key to every background story to every flashback. She is the key in her acting on this one. She could have phoned this one in to be honest with you, because this is nothing difficult at all, but. An actor's ability to to show a different person without like a lot of changes, but through time, like you are able to see her 
as the agent that she was back then. And you believe that agent versus the woman that she is today, the retired sort of like shunned and in, in, in infamy type of person that she is now trying to be, you know, a mom and, and, a, and a wife. These things, I don't know how you make that happen. But she does it, and she does it brilliantly, and I'm like in awe of her acting on this one. I I, I completely agree. I completely agree because that it's it's the kind of thing that you can't really define. Like, how do you age somebody by eight years? By you know, she's had a lot of things happen in her life. Obviously, this terrible situation on the the flight happened that essentially ended her career. And, you know, she's gotten married, she has children, she, she lives in a completely different place. You know, how do you age someone eight years and make it believable and not over the top and with, you know, nuance? And I don't know how you do that. I have absolutely no idea, but I, I agree with you. She did it. Yes. <laughs> whatever, whatever she did, she did it. Because you, you believe her as, you see her as the same person in the flashbacks, but she's a different person. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and it's not like makeup did anything no. to, it's just the semblance, the entire, it's just in, I'm, I'm, I don't know if that's in my head, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm really, I really was seeing two people, uh, yeah. but like the same person through the, through time, like, okay, I can believe that eight years have passed. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. amazing. I can see that she's she's changed. Life has changed her. The 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 things that have happened to her has have changed her. She's a different person, but she is still. She is still who she was. <laughs> yes, still in there. Um, still Celia. The the other thing I like about this movie is that it is a a very smart story. It's not. Yes. It's not an incredibly predictable story. Because, you know, it was said that, you know, yeah, okay, there was a, there was a mole, right? Mm -hmm. But even through all the flashbacks, you don't know. You, It's not your typical, I think I can guess who the mole is. You always yeah. see it as, oh, no, 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 they're just fishing. They're just fishing. And maybe there was no mole. Like, I was thinking my, the entire time. Maybe there was no more. It all seems like they were looking for a scapegoat. Agreed. A predictable spy story. Typically, you would have been like, how couldn't they see that this, this guy is the guy? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that to me was the smart part of it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And and also not to the point of, of making you <laughs> completely confused where, <laughs> where you were like... You, you know, sometimes I think scriptwriters confuse intelligence with confusion, and the more I can confuse the audience, the more smart that he makes the script seem. But that's not that's not the case. It, it, it can be an intelligent script and, an, and a fallible script. It doesn't need to be incomprehensible to be intelligent. And um, I think sometimes that scriptwriters are like, okay, if we just throw everything in there and make it as confusing as possible, then it's going to be labeled a smart movie, and that's not true and that was not the case here yeah yeah so when i was watching this movie i kept thinking about 
one of my favorite spy movies, which is uh, Tinker Toy Soldier. Do you remember yeah. this one? It, yeah, it, that came coming fabulous back. Fabulous one. It's yeah. beautiful, beautiful spy movie. Beautiful thing. And that's it. That's why I keep saying, like, why is this on Amazon Prime? <laughs> Seriously, this could have made a a cinema movie that it could be a successful cinema movie. It could be a successful one. And I'm not talking about like in terms of how much money it would rake in or whatever, because this is a type of film that has its yeah. own audience. It's not everybody. It's not a movie for everybody. It's not going to be a blockbuster. This no. is never going to be a blockbuster. No. Hell, there's no... I mean, shit. They take over a, a, a plane and nothing explodes, so of course it's not a yeah. blockbuster. Right, right. Yeah. But I've seen, I've seen films like this be incredibly successful in cinema, and I'm, I'm still... I'm still trying to figure out why was this picked up by Amazon? No, nope, I'm not mad at them. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I think it was yeah. it was the Amazon was the wrong move, maybe? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I do wish that it had a, a run in, in the theaters because it um you know, cinematically too, it, it it's like the scenes in the restaurant are, are gorgeous, which is just, you know, with over the ocean and the sun going down, which is, you know, a lovely little allegory to the story that's happening. And but I mean, that would be lovely on the big screen. And, you know, Van Thandwee Newton is, is a lovely person. Be lovely to see her, you know, 20 yeah. feet tall or whatever. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. It, it's a it's this this is a, a charming movie that. Like I said, I think the more people discover this movie, it's never going to become like an incredibly popular movie. But I think this is one of those movies that can become an instant classic because of the way it was written, because of the cast in it. And also, again, because it is a very, very smart story. Like you said, it wasn't your typical, let's just create a whole labyrinth of confusion and blah, blah, blah. This is, to me, one of the most interesting interrogation films I've ever seen. And in it's artful more than anything else. You know, it's a work of art. It's not, I just want to make a movie. As you say, the cinematography here is absolutely fantastic. Those scenes in the restaurant, how do you make an almost empty restaurant so interesting yes, and, and watchable? <laughs> yes, it's compelling. The restaurant is compelling. Like yeah. I, I when they when he first walks in, I was like, wow. And like it's it's I feel like the re <laughs> I'm getting deep in woo-woo here, but I mean I feel like the restaurant was almost a whole <sighs> movie set in itself for the interrogation that happened, yes. that it was, it was a part of the, the ambiance part of how we're going to do this, how it's going to, how this interrogation is going to go and, and what the ultimate result was. 
it felt like it was its own character in the movie like that, that that set was was important like if they had just been in a room somewhere i don't know that it would have been quite as compelling yes. it would have still been compelling yeah. but i feel like that the that the restaurant and the view and you know the 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 waiters and the food and the wine and that kind of thing i think it just added beautiful it was a beautiful important um component of the movie yep I think also we get a story that has several branches here. Mm. And there's a branch of, of course, spy, uh, mystery, thriller, whatever. But it just turns out that at the end, it was a love story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. a love story. And, yeah. And that was beautifully played. Like, I was like, ah. Uh, well played you got me yes. here you got me here you know it's not a rom-com bullshit you know no 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 no. it's a love story and you said something here that i love is that it's the grown-up kind of love story yeah it's not the whole ooh, the blue sky and blah 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 it's what are you willing to do when you're told that the person you love can become the sacrificial lamb, do, and you have the key to make that not happen. Yeah. I mean, this is not storming up the stage of the Oscar and slapping somebody because they say something about your wife. No, that's not. No. <laughs> no. No. This, this is, is deeper than that. This is deeper. Yeah. You have to watch this movie, if, if only for this particular part of it. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, I mean, not that most of us are spies or anything, but it, to me, it was comparable to the stakes of real life. Yes. yes. I mean, you know, and that probably sounds a little trite comparing, you know, a, a passenger plane full of people to this. But if you're thinking about, you know, having children with someone or raising a family with someone or starting a life with someone, the stakes are very high there. Yeah. And so to me, this kind of love story, as you said, it boils down to is, is a grown up is something that you can relate to as, as a human being trying to navigate a very fucked up world at the moment. Yeah. That's that. That's pretty much it. So, so you get a story here that has several branches, and it's it's complex. It it has the nuance, and there is no cliche that I can find. To me, that's what makes this movie a beautiful one. The the, yeah. the all the cliches that you should expect from a spy movie where there's a mole, where there's this and that. None of that bullshit plays out here. It's, it's an incredibly artful and uh, matter-of-fact movie, and we recommend it a lot. Let's talk about the cast. We've mm -hmm. already mentioned some people here. We've dropped names, haven't we? We have, we have name-dropped. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so Chris Pine... I don't know how old this guy is, but like he's getting there's there's something of an added quality to to him uh, over the past he, few years, isn't he? Yeah, he like I felt like he was 
like kind of ridiculous if that sounds right you know to begin with like when he was a young actor like i'm yeah. talking like i don't know 20 years ago when his first film came out or whatever but i feel like he's really matured into like he's got this gravitas and yes. this as you said before elegance about him yeah. that is very very attractive as an as an actor and as a person so i i, I don't know where it's coming from but he's 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 doing something right <laughs> yeah he definitely is he definitely is Dundee <laughs> Newton she is sometimes i i think of her as a little bit underrated but like mm-hmm. Sometimes I say to myself, maybe that's a lie because she gets some good ass roles and she always delivers. So mm-hmm. how is she underrated? You know what I mean? Like for me, right. it would, she would be on. It's just that like I don't hear a lot of people singing her praises as they should. You know what I mean? It's like when you when you see she's going to be in something, you're like, oh, this she's going to be good. You know, like the movie might not be good necessarily, you know, but she's going to be good because she's consistently is. But it's like for me personally, like I I don't think of her very often until she pops up. (laughs) Does that make sense? You know, it's not like it's like oh, I wonder what you know what she what her next movie is going to be. It it she doesn't enter my head. So to me that. It's kind of like she's underrated because I should be thinking about her because she's yeah. she's fantastic. Yeah, like okay, so you you know like a, a few months ago, about two or three months ago, I was very obsessed with this series on on Britbox called Line of Duty. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about Line of Duty is that every season is the same team, but there's one they bring one actor to be the main character. So the same team of actors is always there, but the main character about the story that this season is about is always a new person. Okay. And she had one season there. Man, and I'm telling you. And I've seen, like, throughout, like, seven seasons, six or seven seasons of Line of Duty, there have been some heavyweights in there, man. There have been some heavyweights. Um, I'm talking about... Keely Hawes, uh, Stephen Graham, who's also a, a, like a, a hugely underrated actor, in, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's the name of the Scottish one that uh, um, she was on uh, Boardwalk Empire? You know, you know uh, 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 this lady I'm talking about, Kelly something. Mm-hmm. She was she was great too. But Hawes? No, 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 no. It, oh, okay. It's a it, what's her name? Yeah, she was on Boardwalk Empire. She's 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 from Scotland, but she she played an Irish lady on on Boardwalk Empire <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she, she was. I'm saying like they were all great, but I can remember vividly the 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 season. Where Tandy Newton Newton was in it, and it was she was such her character was smart, conniving, manipulative. But the thing is that she was so good that it was impossible not to empathize with her, even though she was the bad guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I was like, yo, you have to be so good for to to, to do that. It's just, it's just, no, man. It's so true. I, I, I love it. It's true. 
I love her. I love her. Um, yeah, she she is fantastic. She really is. Yeah. So the top four people here are like very well known mm-hmm. actors that once you see their name on something, you're like, there's got to be something good about this. Uh, at least, you know, because then you have Jonathan Price. Yes. You know, I mean, this old dude pops up and you're like, yeah, this is, this is about to be good. <laughs> you know, it's about to be good. You, you know, what impresses me about this old dude is that he plays that from that movie, The, the Two Popes. Yes. He plays uh, Cardinal Bergoglio, who is the, the current Pope, uh, Pope Francis. I'm like, I believe him. <laughs> I, I, I believe him. Like, seriously, I believe him. Like, yo, do you know, do you know how good you have to be? But again, it's Jonathan Price, so. Yeah. There's no, yeah. There's no question. He's, he's, there's a kind of, he's kind of a class amongst himself. Yeah. So, yeah. And then yeah, I he, feel like uh, yeah, go ahead, please. No, I was just gonna say he um, he was in uh, my one of my favorite sci-fi series from a few years ago, Tales from the Loop, and he's so good in that too. So yeah, you talk about Tales from the Loop. Uh, yeah. I do. I mention it every so often. Just throw it out there if anybody yeah. wants to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people most people actually rem- know uh, Jonathan Price because of Game of Thrones. Well, mm-hmm. most people came to know him because of Game of Thrones because he was also freaking good on that one too, you know. Yeah. But but my dude has been around and uh, in his old days maybe has become a bit more. Yeah, I, I, this happened a lot with those stage actors, right? They have like fifty years of prominence of stage acting and all of a sudden they get this one role on TV or in a movie. And then after that, you see them in pretty much everything. (laughs) Yeah. Casting directors are like, give me that one guy who was in that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's right. Get me that one guy who was in that one thing. (laughs) That's right. He was really good. (laughs) He's from theater, so he'll be cheap. (laughs) (laughs) And do you know the other day, I actually realized. Do you remember that movie "Don't Look Up" on mm-hmm. on on Netflix? Mm-hmm. So there was this character that it, I remember when I watched the movie. I was like, "Who the fuck is playing this one?" Right? But there was so many people thrown in that movie that I never thought to I don't know look up who it was. Like this guy who was some sort of like nerd uh, Asperger syndrome. Type of like it was like a, a bad a, a bad re reacting of Elon. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know, it was like telecommunication go, uh, mogul guy. It, okay. You know, and the other day I'm listening to an interview with Mark Rylands, and it turns out he was the one playing that role. Okay. And I'm like, that was, they got Mark Rylands. They just threw everything to the wall. <laughs> I mean, look at the cast, man. Uh, Meryl Streep, right? DiCaprio, Mark Rylands, Jonah Hill. What's the name of that lady from, from Hunger Games? 
Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. The, the cast for, the, for this movie was like, boom. Oh, is he available? Bam, bring him. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so Mark Rylance was on that one too. Yeah. But I'm yeah. like, who is playing this guy? And then, you know, my attention got kind of went away, you know, until I later heard like, oh, so that was Mark Rylance. <laughs> Sir Mark Rylance, you know, that's a crazy thing. <laughs> yeah. Lawrence Fishburne is one of these guys that I feel like if he was British, he, there should be a Sir Lawrence Fishburne, you know, there would be a Sir behind his name, in front of his I name. I agree. You know, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I believe everything he plays. Everything yeah. he plays. He, he, if he play an Italian mobster, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Could be a black Italian mobster. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why <not>? totally? It's <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne, so of course it's possible. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, man. Why not? Yeah. Like, clarify something for me. What the hell did Michelle Williams do in this movie? I don't know, because I saw her listed in the cast, and I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just sure like the, like this is wrong, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like she got listed incorrectly because I it's gotta be. feel like we would have noticed her. <laughs> I, I can't, exactly. I can't remember for the life of me having seen her. No. I mean, unless she was like somebody walking on the beach or something. or I don't know. But imagine how much money you have to pay Michelle Williams to just cross by a camera. Right. <laughs> and right. Put her like, hey, can you walk by <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I if anybody is listening and you know what Michelle Williams did on this movie, you can of course give us a shout. But I have yes, no idea. Please. <laughs> I have no idea. Please feel free to tell us because it's kind of a mystery. <laughs> um, then there's this actress who's even in the movie, like you know how like they give you the X-ray on on Prime Video. So mm-hmm. I always look up the cast. And this mm-hmm. actress who played Leila Marouf, her name is Acht. That's it. A-H-D, mm-hmm. Acht. Is that, is that for real? Like, she, um, so, I haven't, I don't know that I've seen her in anything before, but I thought she was really compelling. Like she's a very... Yes. Very striking looking woman and very, her, her performance was very honest and compelling. And I was like, why haven't I seen this lady in other things? Honestly, is what I was thinking. It was like, I, I feel like I should know her from other things. And I do see that she's been in a few TV series, but not, not ones that I've seen, but she really hasn't been in a whole lot. So I don't know if she's more of a stage actor or, or what, but. Well, it says here that she's from Saudi Arabia. Her full name is Ahd Hassan Hamel. And uh, she's an award-winning actress. And uh, she was in a BAFTA, 2014 BAFTA-nominated film, Wajah. So, looks like she's been around. It's just that, you know, this is perhaps the most noticeable film that we've seen her in America. Because I, yeah. I, I know of Wadja, but I've never watched Wadja's, Wadja, so um, I wouldn't have seen her. 
Yeah. Uh, I think she played Fatima in in Watch That. But like she's she's really good, as you said. She was really it was one of those characters that you wanted to watch when she was on on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very much so. Gayla Gordon was the waitress at the at the restaurant. And to be honest with you, I think this is the one moment that do, did it for me when uh, that mishap happened with the wine. Yeah. I kind of like realized, okay, this is going to go down in, um, there's a montage here that I, I'm not quite, I don't know how it's going to end, but I know that it's not going to end well, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so this was the first clue, and it wasn't even that obvious, you know. What I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying about this movie, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, who else you got, man? I mean, uh, let's see. Um, I thought that um, David Dawson was good as Owen Lasseter. Yeah. Um, he's been in quite a few things that I have not seen, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, I thought he was, I thought he was very good in this part. I thought again, it was a, an actor that was compelling when he was on screen that you watched. And I, I felt that he was sort of, um, I don't know, to me, he looked like an agent that could have been around in the sixties or, or, or it was just as, just as, as, you know, believable as being in 2012 but it, it kind of felt like he could have he was like an ageless ageless spy in yes. the sense of his character like he could have been a spy at any time the classic no matter what spy, he did uh, yeah type yeah. of uh, poetry yeah uh, yeah i thought i thought he did a really great job with that yeah what do you think of this kid abdul al-sharif uh like he was whenever they referred to terrorists terrorists he was like the first the only one that you kept saying uh, the terrorist on the plane. Um, yes, he was the kind of the face of that flight. Yeah. But like yeah. It, it was compelling because he always looked like for a terrorist, he always looked like somebody who was incredibly scared and in, in yeah. sort of like in over his head. <laughs> yeah. In every yeah. scene that you saw him. Like I don't know why I'm doing here, what I'm doing here, you know, I was like Yeah. When it like there's one scene where he's talking to the an older passenger. It was like, "Grandfather, you know why we're doing this?" Yes. yes. And I was just like, "Oh, that that hit yeah. hard. Yeah. Like that was that was painful." And yeah, he. I think he turned in a, a a beautiful performance. As you know, as much he wasn't on screen for very much, but when he exactly. was, it was it was he felt bad for him because like you said he felt like he was completely in over his head yeah yeah that, and it wasn't going the way he thought it was gonna go i think that's the exactly way he was right. told yes <laughs> i think that's exactly right you know it's it's just there's a lot of nuance in this movie and uh, you have to watch it for yourself we could talk about this movie for a long time but it's not what it's all about we tell you basically hey we, Jojo and Graham, we watched these and we thought, this is a good movie we should tell our listeners about. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've said this before. Sometimes we end up liking stuff that no one else likes. 
Be true. <laughs> yeah. So if that's this is one of those cases, we're sorry. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? yeah. <laughs> but but we we are quite impressed and enamored uh, with this movie and we recommend it very seriously. In terms of stars, what would you assign to this, Judge? Oh, I'd say a solid three and three quarters, like almost four, but not quite. Yeah, I'll give it the whole four, man. I'll give it the whole four. I think I think this was yeah. this it was this kind of movie. Yeah, yeah it was. It's good. Yeah, it's good so, and rare. Yes, yes. This is this is a movie of another time, basically. In 2022, and it's sort of like refreshing to see. Yeah. I want to say that. Yeah. Very well, then. So we have arrived to the end of uh, this particular discussion. But before we go, we have to tell you about where you can find us. And you'll find us on social media. And that's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also on Pinterest. You will find Jocelyn specifically and exclusively on Instagram, and she is KNS co-host. KNS co-host. And you'll find me on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook as Mr. Puchetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A, right? So that's that. Also, you can go to kickinandstreamingpodcast.com. That's our website. And there you will find all the places that you can actually listen to the podcast um, on your favorite app. If you have a, a podcast app other than, you know, Apple uh, Podcast or Google Podcast that you want to listen to, see if yours is listed there. Boom. And then subscribe. This podcast is also on YouTube. We told you that at the beginning of the show. And also, in our website, you will find a way if you ever wanted to donate some money to this podcast if you ever want to like buy us a coffee that's exactly what you need to do you will find a little button on our website called buy me a coffee go to buy me a coffee and then just make a one-time contribution or you can do a monthly contribution we're not going to be mad at you either way right that's right that's right we will be grateful absolutely grateful but for now for me and for jojo this is the time we say goodbye, folks. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Yay! Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.